Hi, thanks for joining me. My name is Caroline Star Walred, and I'm so excited about today. Michelle Kalinske is going to be sharing a conversation with me. And you know what about? She died on an operating table. You know, I knew Michelle about four years ago, and yes, she came back uh, four years ago, and oh my gosh, I really enjoyed her, and she's been missing. I don't know where she went, and she came back recently, and I looked at her. I spent a couple seconds with her, and you're different, Michelle. What happened? Your eyes are sparkling. You've got you're full of love. You've got such. I just love being with you. What 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 has shifted about where you are? And she said, I died in an operating table, and I saw Jesus. I said, Oh, we're going to talk about this. So enjoy our conversation today. It's a little longer than usual, but I think, and I know you're going to transcend time and dimension. And you're going to be very satisfied. Hi, Michelle. I am so excited about having you here today. And there is a very, very big reason for that. Not only do I want to share you with everyone else, but your experience is something we've heard of, but never really talked to somebody about it. At least I haven't. And Michelle, if you were to title what we're going to talk about today, what would it be? I would have to say Heaven's Bench. Heaven's Bench. Heaven's Bench. Why do you say that? So I would like to start by telling you a little bit about my near-death experience. Yes. That was March 14, 2017. And the night before, I was going in for a minor procedure of a woman's getting my fallopian tubes taken out. And I had this feeling I was going to die. And I've had numerous surgeries before that, none elective. But for some reason, I did not think this was going to go well. So I told my husband, I think I'm going to die. And he said, you're not going to die. You know, we already scheduled it. Let's get it done and over with. So I hear this song and I tell him, can you play this at my funeral? He said, oh, stop. Let's just get this done and over with. So in the morning, I woke up at 5, got there, you know, 5.30, 6 o'clock in the morning. And I asked the nurse who was prepping me, I said, can you die from this surgery? And she said, you're not going to die. I mean, there's always complications. There could be risks in any surgery. But we do hundreds of these a week. And you have a great surgeon. And it's a very minor, minor procedure. Nothing's going to happen. Well, I finally see the doctor before I'm going in. I said, can I die from this? And she said, you're not going to die. Don't say that. Sure enough. 45 minutes into this procedure, I died. What did your heart stop? So yes, it's called a vasal vagal. And typically, your chances of this happening are less than a cardiac arrest during anesthesia. I think it's 0.1% of patients who get surgery go through this. So what happened? So this is what I remember. As soon as I woke up in recovery, I said, I need to go home. And they said, you cannot go anywhere. Your heart stopped. I said, that's why I was with God. So I remember my encounter with God, Jesus. Well, did you see? Yes. So basically your heart stopped and did you see yourself somewhere else? It's funny that you asked me that because that's one thing I tried to determine at one point, I remember seeing CPR done on me. While you're in your body? I was not in my body. Where were you? How did you see it? So the last things that I, I 
could truthfully say the things that I know for sure happened was I went through a suction, like a tunnel, and I poofed out, and there was God, and it was the image of God, very bright. Is that the image? Fiery, bright. Light. Yes. Holding a rod. So you saw the rod in a hand? No. You see, an, I saw an image, an image of him, and I knew it was God. And then I was instantly on a bench with Jesus. And I knew it was Jesus. So I was wearing all black, which is my staple outfit. I had wedge shoes on that I typically wear. I had my hair down and curly. But I looked beautiful. I was going to say, you looked good. I looked beautiful, like flawless. And the peace and the love that exuded from him was like nothing you can even you can't even put words to it you truthfully can't and I will be honest with you I was always skeptical of Jesus in the Bible I never 100% believed I was raised Catholic then I thought I was a Christian and I knew I believed in God but I did not believe in Jesus 100% I was always skeptical mm-hmm. so I instantly knew it was him. And we were both sitting on this wooden bench. What I could say was a blue sky. A blue, blue sky. No clouds. My feet were touching something, but I couldn't see. It was like I was in a different dimension. And the peace, we just sat kicking our legs together in unison. Um, And I don't know how long that went on. But it was like we, it was just like we knew each other, like he loved me, like he knew me. So at one point, he put these little tiny bifocals on and he reached, he looked in to like what I would imagine another dimension. And I knew it was the hospital. And he said to me, You need to go back for your children and for your family. How many children do you have? I have two children that were seven and eight at the time. And that's what I remember is poof, being back. In your body. In my body. But I do not remember at one point I saw the CPR being done. I don't know if it was before I saw Jesus and God or after. That's one recollection I cannot remember. Well, you know, it's mentioned by many people that other dimensions don't have the space-time you know, connection. And you can be gone for a long period of time, and it's not much, or it is a lot on earth, awareness. When I came to, I was so grateful to be alive that I instantly knew the message of life is love. I instantly knew that. It was something so deep inside me. It was about love and peace, and I had no idea that's what Jesus stood for. Because you didn't really understand I didn't really know him. Jesus. Right. I did not know Jesus. I was in ICU, and nobody really could figure out what just happened to me. I was such a rare case. Such a rare case. So I stayed in ICU for 24 hours, and they released me. I, and May I ask a question? Did yes. they finish the surgery? No. The surgery was never finished. Do you have your fallopian tube? So I recently... Three months ago, got them taken out. Okay. Mm-hmm. So continue. Thank you. So then what happened was I got home 
and I still was not well. You know, after your body stops like that, you can't really talk. You have a very hard time walking. But everything I looked at did not look real-like to me, lifelike. It was so enhanced. I would look at the trees like they were 3D, which they are, but it's almost like they stood out into a whole different way that I've never seen a tree look. Where do you think that comes from? I almost felt like I wasn't 100% looking at nature like I should be. You know, that was one of God's ways of telling me you need to enjoy the things in life. Look at the trees. Look at the flowers. They're alive. So after that, I had to work on healing. And I still had no idea what happened to me. You don't really want to speak about it because you're so overwhelmed because you know you're just an average person and a normal, you know, an everyday person. Why me? Why did that happen to me? You know, I'm nothing, I'm not greater than anyone. I'm not more special. How do you feel about that now, though? I feel, after a year and a half, that I've really given my life to God and Jesus. And it's something that you cannot help but do. Because the love that you feel for him is like the greatest gift you have in life. Because you know that God and Jesus are always on your side. You can overcome anything, any obstacle. And I know now that I'm not scared of death. I have a totally different outlook on people that do pass away. I, I'm almost, I want to celebrate their life mm -hmm. rather than mourn it because I know I will see them again. And I know that where they are at after this life is somewhere greater than we, can even, we can't even imagine. With what you've said so far, yes. it makes me want to ask a question. Yes. What message do you have for people? Because here you were looking at life one way, and I knew you before this. And so you are a very different person. That's what's so enthralling to me. You now, I mean, I've always liked you very much. You've always had a great personality. Your personality isn't what I'm talking about. I'm talking about your spirit. I can feel that. It's, it's, uh, um, you have a condition, unconditional love. And now the focus isn't on, well, we all have a focus on ourselves, period. I mean, it's normal for just our survival, but you seem to focus on a, in a different perspective. What is that? Wow. I take that as a very beautiful compliment that you think my soul has shined brighter. Yes. So I, I have to thank Jesus for that. I will tell you, there's been other experiences throughout this past year and a half that have made me like this as well, because I, I started getting even sicker and nobody could figure out what was wrong with me. And when I had to go in for a heart surgery, I remember praying and I asked the whole surgery team, can we pray together? And we prayed and I saw this bright light in the corner of the room and I knew it was Jesus and I knew I was going to get through the surgery. This was a heart surgery now. You you needed heart surgery. So then I needed heart surgery about four months after, five months after. So I ended up with numerous heart conditions, and my health was never great, but I I knew I was a miracle walking. You know. Yes. I knew I was. Well, your heart had stopped. My heart has stopped. Yeah, it had stopped. Yes. So the whole health issues resumed, and they got progressively worse. 
where to the fact where I was almost paralyzed in a wheelchair six months ago. I ended up having multiple infections from um, tick bites, but that's a whole different that's a whole different subject. And I remember the vasovagaling is how I died the first time. So not too long ago, I was having a lot of episodes of vasovagaling. And at one point, it was getting so severe that I was getting treatment and nothing was really working. Well, there was one day that I asked my mom to take me to the store because I wasn't driving at this point. So we go to, we go to the store and I didn't feel well. And all of a sudden, I vasovagaled. It's, so what that is is when your blood pressure drops very low and your heart rate gets extremely low. And sometimes your heart stops, but it typically kicks back on. The first time, my heart never kicked back on. So I'm vasovagaling, having this episode in the store for five minutes. And I probably almost died again. And I remember my mother and a doctor were next to me. And I remember an angel in between them that was extremely tall with bright light around her and extremely long hair. And I knew she was she was my angel. And I didn't even believe in angels at this point either that much. I mean, I did, but now you have to show me the angels. But I'm glad we have them. I feel like that's what was looking over me. Because I probably would have died again. You know, I mean, I'm sure somebody would have resuscitated me. But it's a very hard trauma on your body to go through. Cardiac arrest or vasovagaling. Because your whole body stops. So I really grew in my faith even more. And I read the Bible within a few months and everything that was written in the Bible started making so much sense to me. You know, I feel stronger. I feel, I trust that he's going to lead me in the right path. And that is what the message I want for everybody to have is that Jesus is real and all he wants is for you to trust in him and to believe in him and to love one another and to feel peace within us. And it's not easy. I understand that we're human. But once you can grab hold of that, your life becomes easier. It really, truly does. So is it a faith that you have that once you believe that all is going to be well and that you have Jesus, God, angels, you have a source of love and protection? Yes. Then you can seem to overcome anything that seems to come your way. So when you when you do that, do you step back, flow out? How do you use what you become in solving daily life conflicts or challenges? I believe that everything happens for a reason. I don't believe in coincidences. And I believe that we have to listen to ourselves more. And if we listen to ourselves, which I believe is intuition, or some people say Holy Spirit, it will guide us. It'll walk us through. It'll be on our side. I, we are not I, alone. Yeah, it seems to me in in our culture, this culture at least, we're we're taught not to believe what we feel or hear is the best thing for us. It has to either be mainstream where everybody does it. Or it has to be something that somebody else told us we should feel. And to stand out and really trust your own inner knowing. And the first thing I find personally that comes into your mind is generally the most accurate. 
for example, even with my clients, I, I noticed that I'll ask, what do you think is the problem? And they generally are in the end 90% accurate. See, we know, we do know. Yes. And I trust that. Yes. And so that trust is there too. That's where what I see the difference is that you trust what you have, the gift you've been given. You trust it with all your heart. Absolutely. So deep in your core, in your soul, that I know that Jesus is real. And I know that the message that I got too was about love and peace. And I know I meant to share and spread the word. I don't go to church, so I'm not in, involved in organized religion. But I don't think you have to be to be a love lover of God and Jesus. You know, it's all around us, everywhere you look. In seeing you and being mm. with you, I want to be with you all the time because you are radiant, your eyes are glowing, you're so at peace with yourself, you're optimistic, and not that you weren't before, but even so more that um, there's, a, there's a gift that you give me when I'm with you. And maybe that's what that love and compassion is, is that's the gift you give others. As you experience it, you are that, so maybe we want to have more of that in an intuitive way. And speaking of intuition, yes, I've noticed you're more intuitive. You're very, you're very good. You, you capture yes. things. Yes. You ask questions, and I'm going, yes. yeah, how did you yes. know that? Yes. Where, what do you think that is? Well, I think we all have it. It's like trusting yourself. But I think things just come to me where I can I can feel what others are feeling. And I, I don't know. I could say I've always had that a little bit to me for sure. But I really do care. And I, and I like to listen to what people say. You know, I, I, I've come in contact with a lot of people. This is even being people that are non-believers or I believe planting the seed as well you know, about Jesus or God. That's that's one of my things that I meant that I meant to do. As far as being intuitive, I definitely feel that was a gift from God, which makes me trust myself more because I'm usually pretty correct. But I'm not always right, you know. I feel as though we all have it in us. It's just whether or not it comes out. I tr I totally yes. understand. I think it's a gift of being human. Yes, I do too. It's a gift of being human. Because of energy. It is. We have inner knowing. I think our bodies have the incredible capabilities of healing on all levels. So I, I totally... What amazes me too is how you look at the world. In homeopathy, mm -hmm. which I'd like to mm -hmm. talk about just for a second, with grief, one of the... One of the problems with grieving is that the beauty isn't there. One of the symptoms for, say, the um, remedy Ignatia, mm -hmm. Amara, is that you're never quite satisfied. You're always disappointed because we're still in the grieving mode. So we're never really happy with anything that comes wow. along. But after Ignatia, mm -hmm. the flowers look brighter, the day is better, huh. the walk is better. So in grief, how would you like to share with other people about grief? Use Christ and and uh, those wonderful God-like energies that, however we want to put a name on it, 
but it's there for us, that universal caring, that love, the glue that even may hold us together. And What would you say to somebody who is grieving? You know, I think grief is something that you personally struggle with, and I know the person that does pass would not want that for you. You know, we're, we're meant to live this life to the fullest, and I know that people that have passed, like even myself, when he told me that I need to go back for my children, it's not that I don't love my children or I just felt like I was still a part of them. It didn't feel separated. Fascinating. You know, I didn't feel yeah. separated from them being in a different dimension or heaven, whatever part I was in. I felt very much a part of them still. The connection, the love connection Absolutely. is there. I really truly did. It transcends did. all yes. those dimensions. Yes. So I, I want to say, and, and I also have been able to see people myself that have passed away, and you do feel a lot of love from them. You feel a lot of peace. I definitely know that there is love and peace, and I, I think if we really, really do believe that, and you really in your whole heart believe that, you will move on, and you will know that it's okay to let go of them. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Because we have to change without them. It's difficult. You will see them again. And they're there now. Yes. And you know, I truly used to believe that heaven was above. I think it's actually around us. I actually think it's very much closer to us than what we... I remember I did a brain surgeon's hair. And she was a research scientist. And she told me there is so much of the brain that they still are so unaware of. But our creator knows, you know, so <laughs> made us. Yes. He gave us that yes. part of the brain. Yes. And our DNA, which oh, is another, yes. another subject. Yes. Book of life. Uh-huh. So I, I, I definitely think we have to learn how to let go of grief. I, I don't know the tools. I mean, I know there's tools out there that mm-hmm. a lot of doctors and homeopathy, I think is excellent, especially because you're working with the plants and the gifts from the earth that we were truly given to help heal us. What about shock? Because you went through the shock. How did mm-hmm. you get through those? Because you actually had health problems from the shock. Oh. And that's what I'm assuming. Okay. The heart stopping being a shock to the body. And the body stops. And, you know, many multitude of things can be going on at once. But let's call it shock. How do you, How did you get through that time period? Because your health is amazing right now. I would say that I laid in bed probably the first four months every night thinking I'm dying. You know, like, I, that's it. My heart's going to stop. You you do get a lot of post-traumatic stress from it. You yes. really, truly do. Although I felt the love and the peace and the light and I knew Jesus and God was around me, I, I don't think I totally 100% accepted it at that point. So I was still getting bombarded with those constant fears so it wasn't until I would say probably a year later that I that I felt it, that I felt what God was trying to tell me. And I helped myself. I really helped myself. You know, I did counseling. You know, I do EFT therapy. I do homeopathic from Dr. Caroline. And I also do tons of praying and I live my, my life talking to God. I set aside time during the day and at night for prayers and meditation. 
and I listen to pastors speak. I listen to atheists. I listen. I always. I just want to learn more and more and more. Mm-hmm. It's like food for my my soul. You're hungry. Give me more. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I'm just not scared anymore. I know that whatever is thrown in my path, that I will overcome. Well, so your message doesn't mean we have to die to feel this. How would somebody tap into the feeling that you have without going through the process that you have? Well, I believe in the power of prayer. So I believe if you pray on that and you really ask God to give you strength and to let your yourself feel him, eventually you will. It just happens. You have to feel it. You have to really want it. I, I luckily had an encounter that made me walk that path. Right. There's a lot of people that are blessed with that already and don't yeah. don't have to go through that experience. Right. And hopefully I can do that for others is spread the word about it right. so they don't have to have their own encounter like that. No, it's fascinating for me personally mm-hmm. is that when I pray to God, it's such a different response than when I pray to Jesus. And like you, wow. it's not like I, I I go to a Christian church or anything. I was mm-hmm. raised Christian. Give me the love and compassion. Pray to him. Maybe it's an intuitive, but it's magical. The things that happen are magical. It's um it's instant. And I don't I think the challenge that I have for myself that I'd like to share with everyone else, just try it. See yes. what happens. Absolutely. <laughs> Open up the Bible. There's a lot of great messages for everything that's going on in your life. There's something written in the Bible that will help you get through it. Right. Well, that, you know, it comes as what I like conversations to be. I ask for people who have passion because passion for life is love and it is everything. It's an energy that is truly not being able to. You can't take passion and quantify it. It does not work. Passion comes from the soul. So no matter what you're doing, the passion for it, whether you're sweeping the streets or whether you're doing the dishes or whatever you're doing, to ask for that passion and find the positive of it and stay in the moment really does bring its rewards. And then the prayer comes because the information comes when you're quiet. Information doesn't come when when you're noisy. We have to be still. We have to be still. Especially in today's world with technology and the hustle and bustle and the things on television. If you could say one thing to somebody, if there's just one thing you could just have people leave with. The one thing that I I woke up is remembering being in a chiropractic conference, huge. They were honoring 200, 200, 300 people honoring a chiropractor in California that had been in practice for over 50 years. And one of the questions that was asked of him about his practice was, if you could tell us one thing that we need to know about our practice, what would it be? And he said, you love every single person that comes to your door. That's all you have to do is love them. I would say to let go of yourself. You know, we get so caught up in ourselves and, and love, love your, love your neighbor, love the person down the street. Well, you're moving mountains and we'll come back because I think that there's still some um, rejuvenation going on, shall we say, and there's still health issues around you with other people, etc. And it'll be fascinating to watch your growth 
because we do keep growing. It's not yes. just a, a gift you open up and exactly. there it is forever. Yes. It's a journey. It is absolutely a journey. And that's what life is about is a journey and loving the journey. Right. And just enjoying the journey while yes. you've got it. Love and being your right journey. And gratitude. So I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful for you. And I look forward to talking with you again. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Dr. Caroline. Keep those eyes glowing. Yep, yep. <laughs> Thank you. Bye-bye.